What's up, beautiful people? What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Amanda. This is Steven. And you probably already know that, but uh, we are excited to be jumping into a topic today Heck yeah. that is really important, something that is very near and dear to our hearts and something that's also um, carries a lot of weight with it. I think mm-hmm. depending on your background and kind of your experience and relationship with your dad, yeah. the word father can bring to mind a lot of different emotions. Yes. And so it can be, I feel like it needs to be a very nuanced and gentle conversation because um, there can be a lot of joy associated with that. There can be a lot of grief associated with that. Absolutely. And a lot of us have kind of a mixed story, maybe some highs and some lows. And so uh, we wanted to jump right in and kind of share maybe a few statistics, but we have our own personal stories to bring to the table as well. Yeah. Yeah. Father's Day coming up pretty quick, depending on when you're listening to this, it may have already happened, but uh, felt like it was a good time. So like a great father, we're going to look at some stats. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to read these off. I've got our handy dandy notes here. Yep. Uh, but this is from census.gov. So uh, reliable here, not just like internet stats, like <laughs> like when Abraham Lincoln said, don't believe everything you read on the internet. That's not oh, that's the case here. Quote. That is a great <laughs> quote. Uh, but we'll just, I'm going to name off a few of these. <clears throat> Uh, children living with a mother only is the second most common U.S. living arrangement, second to living with both parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that number is doubled since 1968. Um, yeah. So that's kind of wild uh, to think about. Mm-hmm. The number of children living with their father only, although still small, is more than quadrupled mm-hmm. uh, between 1968 and 2020. Uh, there are 1.8 eight million solo dads in the world or sorry not in the world in the u.s and then uh the last and this is from modern gentlemen uh divorces are one of the leading causes of fatherless homes so just given that information Mm -hmm. uh we're looking at like a, a vast variety of experiences and emotions and feelings that people will have uh, with their dads, whether that's because they grew up in a single mom home or a single dad home or whatever that might look like, maybe a blended family kind of thing or adoption. And there's just a, a whole variety of things. And yeah. so uh, we thought we'd start out by just talking about our relationships with our dad. Yeah. Dads. We don't yes. have the same dad, although, you know. My father-in-law is very much, mm-hmm. and and you know I think my dad is yeah. very much a dad to you as well in some ways. So we have great relationships with our dads now, but we did have really different stories growing up. Yeah, and so my parents um, have been married, stayed married. Um, so I grew up in a two-parent home. Yeah, and I had a really close relationship with my dad. He um, was the one that was always there to talk to if there was anything going on. Mm-hmm. He was. Very loving. I say was. He's still very he loving. He is very loving. He is yeah. very loving, very nurturing. Um, loved his girl so much. Yeah. And so I always felt like I had someone that I could run to, that I could confide in, that I could lean on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that uh, shaped me very drastically, uh, you know, as the the adult that I am now, because I had that person in that, um, that relationship. So. Yeah. Yeah. And in your family, uh, I don't think that there's been any divorce. It's actually um, kind of remarkable. Yeah. That my entire extended family, grandparents, aunts and uncles, yeah. everyone has stayed married. Yeah. So divorce has not really been something that I've been well acquainted with, especially right. growing up. Whereas for me, uh, I don't think anybody in my family has stayed together 
there, there are a couple, there are a few that have stayed mm-hmm. together actually. Yeah. Um, but, uh, on the whole, a, a large majority of my, my side of the family, um, have not stayed together. So that was kind of the norm for me. And then it happened to my parents. Um, they divorced when I was a freshman in high school and, uh, it was pretty brutal, uh, for me growing up and, uh, just had a lot of like wounds and, uh, issues to work through with my dad. Uh, and so, you know, that was a big part of my story. And, um, I think it wasn't really until, um, I grew up as an adult and had, children of my own, um, that my dad and I really kind of came to a place where, um, I was able to find a lot of healing and, uh, I consider him a great friend even to me now, not just my dad, but like my friend. And, uh, and so, yeah, I kind of understand, uh, sort of the whole gamut in a lot of ways of emotion around the dad sort of subject, because I did have such pain in my life uh, in regards to that, Mm -hmm. then your dad, you know, when I met you and started dating you very much took me under his wing and he did. um, And like, I remember my, my, uh, grandparents and like extended family kind of joking, um, cause, uh, my dad had four daughters. And so, um, my parent, my grandparents would always joke that, uh, Stephen being the first son-in-law was like the son that he never had, the son he never got. And it was, it was our, uh, our wedding shower, I think it was our wedding shower that your grandma asked Charles, don't you ever wish you had a boy? And mm. Charles was like, I do. I have Steven. He's my son. Yeah. So I was like, oh, because up was... to that point, I kind of had thought he wanted me to jump off a bridge, to be honest. And uh, <laughs> so I think being the first son-in-law is hard regardless, because you're the yeah. first one to kind of take away yeah. one of his daughters in a sense. Yeah, that's true. Not, yeah. I mean, really. But um, yeah, I think that you felt the, the heat and the pressure a little bit, but he loved you from the beginning. And yeah. I, I think y'all guys have had a pretty good relationship. So. Right. And we've always been very close with your family. My, uh, one of the pieces of uh, when your family splits is that it's difficult to kind of keep up with every, everybody. So uh, it, when it came to, Amanda's side during the holidays or whatever it was easy because we just go to the one the one place yeah. for us my dad moved to California uh my mom was in Dallas or Oklahoma depending on when uh, where she lived and so it was it would always kind of boil down to okay who who do we visit whenever we're visiting my side of the family which was very difficult and um and so like just by nature of geography we don't really see my dad as much right now um, just because he lives, I mean, it's a 29 hour drive. It is. Although we're going this we summer. We are going to see him in a couple of weeks. We're We've really gone excited. a couple of times with the kids yeah. and made this like big summer adventure out of it. Yeah. And it's been so special. Yeah. I feel like it has just, um, I don't know, grown that bond in like a very yeah. significant way because yeah. I mean, just getting to go somewhere different, somewhere really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, it's so beautiful where they live and mm. just, he's in Napa. So there's like wineries everywhere and yeah. you know, there's the, the ocean is right there and there's mountains and he's like a couple hours from Yosemite, a couple hours from Tahoe. Like mm-hmm. there's just so much 
to do. It's been incredibly special. Yeah. The kids love to go visit. And I think yeah. it's been really cool for me to see the closeness between you and your dad yeah. and how much alike you guys are <laughs> in so many ways. It is interesting because I think for so long, um, just with the wounds that I kind of carried inside and I'm not saying anything on here that, um, I'm not, I'm not going to like air out any dirty laundry or anything like that. But I think, um, a lot of times, kids look at their parents and say like, I'm not going to be like that or whatever. And that, I mean, I'm sure our children even do that and some, with yeah. some things that we do. Yeah. And, uh, and so I think one of the most healing things that I w was able to do, uh, as a, as a grown man is really begin to look at my dad and say, no, these are all the things that I'm really glad I'm like you. Yeah. My dad gave me my love for movies. My dad gave me my love for music. My dad gave me my love for adventure, for poetry, for mm -hmm. uh, all these, for like actual, like proper grammar, you know, like your sense of humor, my sense of humor, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I got, I got so much of this from my dad, you know, we would go and he would always say, I'm taking the shortcut, uh, which if you read this book right here, I have a whole chapter. <laughs> I tell this whole story. Uh, you know, the shortcut is never the shortcut. Like you always end up, we would always end up in the craziest places and it would always take so much longer than, but it would give him more time with us to roll the windows down, smoke a cigarette, drink a Coke and listen to some more music and, and enjoy uh, the scenery. Like and the enjoy scenic the scenery. Yeah. yeah. We, we started calling it the scenic route rather than the shortcut because that's a lot more <laughs> like what it was. And that's very me like yeah. the, the, like, Oh wow. It's so, you know, mm -hmm. um, and so I get that from my dad. And I think that's been so healing for me is to kind of say, like, these are things that I love about my dad. And these are things that I got from my dad and mm. and to celebrate that, you know? Yeah. And I think also something that as you get older, you start to recognize is as adults, you really understand kind of where your parents came from because obviously no one's perfect. And I think it's it's interesting to see once you start having your own kids, you recognize yeah. like your parents were doing the best that they could with you know, where they were and, yeah. and what they had. And that's what we're doing too. Yeah. And I know that our kids will grow up and say, you know, like, I, you know, I love you. And there's all these things that I appreciate about you, but there's some things I'm going to do differently. Right. And um, so I think it's just interesting how your perspective changes as you get older and especially once you become a parent too because parenting especially. is so difficult yeah. and then you add in relational you know things and like divorce I, I can't imagine as a kid how mm. that feels going through divorce but I'm sure you know it must be heartbreaking for parents too to yeah. witness their kids struggling as they yeah. go through something like that and even talking to my dad now um you know I flew out to California a couple of years ago with Kira and I just was like, man, it's time. Like I need to have like a heart to heart and just come to like some sort of peace over what happened when I was in high school, you know, and just getting to talk through those things with my dad and hear his perspective and hear mm -hmm. his story, his, you know, mm -hmm. um, it was just so healing. Cause you do really realize it's like, oh yeah, like I felt this way when that was going on, but you felt this way when it was, and it's just never as black and white or as, yeah. uh, as easy as we can sometimes want to make it. Even if it, even if easier is more painful, mm. uh, it's, it's however your young mind is trying to make sense of it. And you don't really realize how much of that you carry with you into adulthood and into marriage and into being a dad. Yeah. Um, and so I think that was one of the most healing things that I've ever been able to do is just mm -hmm. 
sit in my dad's truck with him and drive through the, you know, the vineyards of Napa Valley and, uh, you know, and just talk. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, I think Mm. the, the beauty of that is that for, for all of you guys who maybe have a a similar story or there's something like that with you and your, your view of your dad, or, uh, even maybe in your own heart of like, not feeling like you're measuring up as a dad, like, there's so much grace for that because like I turned out, I mean, it's debatable, but I think I I turned turned out out pretty good. You know, I think I turned out pretty good. And so like the, the, the failures uh, or, or the mess ups or the mistakes that my dad made did not define him. It did not define me. It did not define our relationship ultimately. Like that wasn't Mm -hmm. the end. That wasn't final. And in the end, it really did refine us and make us friends now. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I call him all the time and you know, he, he's doing YouTube as well and he's doing a weight loss journey as well. And we have all these things that we can connect about now because we both said, we're going to humble ourselves. We're going to drop our pride. We're going to be willing to have the hard conversations and we're going to, and we're going to come together and like, uh, really rediscover that love of being father and son. And I think that was really great. You know, it really is. I'm really looking forward to seeing him in a couple I know. weeks and for I, the kids to get to see him. You know? I think everyone's super excited to go. Yeah. And then so then there's the whole other uh, aspect of adoption, you mm. know, and uh, we obviously have three biological kids and four adopted kids. And, you know, that might that that might be someone's story who's listening as well. And I think that mm-hmm. that's such a huge dynamic shift in a child's life yeah. uh, to maybe not have a dad in the picture, even from the beginning or, uh, you know, various ways that that happens. But yeah, um, it's been know. an interesting conversation for our kids and we've kind of said all along, we don't really share our, our adopted children's stories from yeah. before they came into our family because, you know, there's some trauma there and a lot of, I mean, all adoption starts with loss. Sure. And yeah. so that's going to be traumatic no matter what. Um, but we really wanted our kids to be able to have that privacy, that that is their story, that if they want to talk about it and share, they can. Um, yeah. But uh, we always want them to feel open that they can talk to us about it mm-hmm. um, and that they know their story and that there's, you know, there's no secrets, there's nothing hidden. Um, and we kind of follow their lead on that, you know, in the ways that they feel comfortable. And that looks different over the years. Yeah, and it looks different for each kid, too. Right, like that's the, so true. Their, their level of comfort to ask questions. Some mm-hmm. of them will feel like, if I ask about this, does it seem like I'm ungrateful or that I'm mm-hmm. struggling or whatever? And we just want to always be so, like, open to to talk with them and honest with them and transparent with them. and Yeah. And also just encouraging to them. Yeah. So. So our daughter that was adopted from China, she loves to talk about her life in China before she yeah. uh, came into our family. She likes to talk about those questions about birth parents and birth father and, and that kind of thing. And so we get to have these really meaningful conversations with her right. and uh, with our sons as well. It's something that we we talk on and off, but it's a, it's a very different dynamic. And um, it just reminds me like there it, it, there's so much pain that can come with that word, you know, because there's so many people that have gone through grief with their own fathers, whether that's losing a father Mm -hmm. or having an estrangement or, um, you know, or abuse even that that can be very, very, uh, challenging for people. And so, 
um, my heart really goes out to people who have walked kind of that broken path because it, it is it can be so heartbreaking. But there mm-hmm. is so much hope for healing. We've seen it in in your uh, you know relationship, yeah. and we see that continually um, in our children's stories as well. And so I'm really grateful that I, I get to see some beauty coming out of absolutely the, the pain. Yeah, and I think one of the most beautiful parts of being an adoptive parent uh, is the ability to look your child in the eye and tell them, I choose you mm-hmm. and I chose you. I wanted you. Yeah. I love you. No matter what, nothing you can say or do will change that. Nothing can change your status as my son. I am here mm-hmm. uh, as my daughter. I am here. I will be for you. I will protect you. I will defend you. And I am mm-hmm. proud of you. Yeah. And uh, I think like that, the ability to hear those words is such a key part of being a dad, like yeah. that you, that you put that on your child's heart mm. as often as you possibly, whether they're biological or adopted. Honestly, the, the most powerful mm. thing a dad can tell his son or his daughter is I'm proud of you. Mm. I am proud of you. Uh, nothing like we all long for that. You know, and whenever there's that, you call it the father wound or daddy issues or whatever that thing might be at its core. It's that there's a desire, an innate desire and longing Mm -hmm. to hear your dad say, I mean, look, look at Jesus. Like if you're, we're Christians and one of my favorite stories in the Bible Mm -hmm. uh, is Jesus is being baptized. And when he comes out of the water, the voice from heaven says, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. Mm -hmm. Like essentially God, one of the first things, the way he endorses his son is to say, that's my boy. I'm proud of him. (laughs) You know, I think there's so much power in that. And I think that's my primary role as a dad is not just to protect, not just to provide, not just to lead and guide, but to really be like my kid's biggest, like, encourager, biggest hype man, biggest believer, cheerleader, whatever that might be to say, I see you, you're uniquely made. I love you. I want you. I choose you. I'm for you and I'm proud of you. And, uh, you know, that I think the more, and and that you may not have that be your like natural bent, Mm. but man, I'll tell you natural or unnatural, I feel like that's powerful. so powerful. Yeah, it's what every kid. If you really can train that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's what every heart longs for. Whether you're yeah. a, a daughter or a son, mm-hmm. is to hear their father say, "I'm so proud of you." And uh, that was a big moment for me. Mm-hmm. I remember, I was a grown man. You know, I had five kids at the time. I'm pretty sure yeah. we had Ethan already. Yeah. And I called my dad on Father's Day. You know, Amanda was. Down in Texas, I was home by myself waiting for you to come home. I can't remember exactly what the reason you were down there for was, but I'm just alone at the house. I'm talking to my dad and, and, uh, and he just said, I'm so proud of you, son. Mm-hmm. And I just started weeping, like bawling my eyes out. Cause I was like, oh, yeah. Like I long to hear those words, even as a grown man, like it's so much like Mm. written on my soul to need that affirmation, to need that longing from my dad. And uh, it's not to say, like, that's not to diminish the role of a mom. No. You know. Uh, because they kids need to hear that from their mom, They need too. it from both. And, but it's, there's something very powerful and very unique 
to the father relationship with yeah with kids and especially you see when that relationship is not there yeah how much it hurts right so yeah um yeah that's that's so powerful yeah um it is interesting that in the u.s and maybe maybe it's not always been this way but you know i think a lot of us kind of would look back at our childhood and maybe our memories are that our dad was not as present or as engaged or or mm-hmm. whatever that thing might be mm-hmm. um and, and i mean even I, I joke about this a lot like we watched the christmas story you know <laughs> and the dad is just like ah, tell the kid to tell the kid to take it and then like he like tells the mom to tell the kid you know he's like yeah parenting vicariously through his wife through the mom and he's like his job was be the breadwinner provide you know yeah and that was it you know and i think mm-hmm. right now it's a, it's so interesting because it feels to me like i'm and i'm very grateful for this that like the days of the dad's job is to uh provide make the income have the job and the mom's job is to raise the kids, cook, clean, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. Like those, those sort of, you know, stereotypical gender roles, the, the lines are very blurred. Yeah. Dads are so much, I'm so encouraged by this because when I look around, I feel like I see dads are so much more involved yeah. than they used to be. Right. Dads are so much more engaged than they used to be. And uh, I think because it just shows how, how much kids really benefit from that when yeah. both parents are involved in pouring into yeah. kids. And I think that that would be probably one of the greatest um, roles of a dad is to be present. Yeah. And that's, that can be really hard. I, I feel like um, in this day and age, like, yeah, we've kind of moved away from those traditional roles where the dad's maybe not as, as present and engaged, but you yeah. know, he, he took care of, you know, the finances and all that. Um, now, I think dads are a lot more engaged, but there's also more competing for your attention. Right. And it can be really hard to be really purposeful in making time with your kids right. and engaging them and not just like physically being present, but mentally and emotionally being yes. present. That makes such a difference for kids. Yeah. yeah. But there's so many things going on in the modern world that pull you all these different ways and including technology and your phone, right? It's like yeah. so hard to turn it all off. Um, it is. And one of the things that I've, I've tried to say is, uh, I heard a guy, uh, a good friend of mine talk about how his dad would always say to him, I'm going to give you the dignity of my eyes. Mm. I don't want this to be the most common, you know, view you see, right. you know, the top of my head. I want you to have the dignity of my eyes. I'm not perfect at that by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think a lot of people are. There's just something so addicting about this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talk a lot about like, make sure this isn't your mistress, you know, don't make, don't let your phone be your home wrecker. Um, and it can be so easy for that to happen. Um, or for you at your mister, what is the, (laughs) what the man whore? I don't know. (laughs) What's the word you would say for, but, Um, but like, we're very intentionally engaged about like, hopefully yeah. not in a, in a, in a way that, um, puts the other down because we both know we both do it, right. but you'll just say, Hey, why don't you like check out from your phone and check in yeah. with us? And I know that's my cue. Oh, I've been on my phone a little more than I should be right now, or I've been mm-hmm. too involved in work or I've been too involved in whatever I need to really be present uh, and not just like mm-hmm. physically present, but emotionally present. I think that's a huge part of it too. Cause I will yeah. remember back when I was a kid and these are the things that stick with me. That's why I'm so passionate about it. Like the, like the, 
the internet had just come out. And this makes me sound really old, probably for some people. But like, <laughs> Back in those days. We had this like Commodore 64 computer and the dial-up. <laughs> kind of thing where you have to. And you can't use the phone when, you know, the internet's right. being used. Yep. And, uh, and, you know, so like dad would be on the computer a ton. And I just remember like thinking like this is before cell phones i just walk in dad's on the computer and i'd be like okay and i know not to bug him and not to bother him or whatever and like i i i love that i understand that more now mm. as an adult than i did as a kid you it's know it's easy I, to get distracted it gives me so much more grace for my dad because i see that in me mm. and my kids see that in themselves now too you know so like technology is addicting and it is, yeah. it's only getting harder with, yeah. you know, more and more that comes yeah. out. I think a, an important thing for us is like creating healthy boundaries and being able yeah. to sit down and say, um, you know, okay, here is where we draw the line to make sure that we're protecting time together, that we, yeah. that is intentional, that we're, that we're connecting, um, that's not in front of the TV right. or with cell phones or laptops or that kind of thing. Cause it can be so easy to just get sucked into that. And the entire day goes by yeah. and you haven't really talked. And you have no much. clue. And then it's just like gone. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's especially heartbreaking as you see your kids growing up so fast. Yeah. Um, and you want to make sure that you're staying engaged in their lives and hearing from them. And like with teenagers, that's a little bit of a different dynamic. Yeah. You know, you want to make sure that they, um, they continue to, to, to open up to you and talk to you. And, and when they do feel heard, you know, whenever they yeah. do open up to you, they, they feel like you're hearing them and that you are caring about what they're saying. And yeah. It's a mentality shift. It really is to be present yeah. mentally to where your kids know, like my parents hear me, they see me, they understand. I matter to them. I'm important yeah. to them. They're not just making a couple of minutes to talk to me and then going about the rest of their day. Right. Like, making sure that that is the priority is so, yeah. so important and something that's, I think, a daily struggle for all parents. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah. <sighs> Man, it's such a wild time to be raising kids and it's such a wild time yes. to be trying to, trying to just stay undistracted in, mm -hmm. in, in your life, you know, cause there's so much going on all the time. So I'm just so great. And it does make me grateful too, uh, for the guys. And this is, you know, for me, this was such a huge part of my healing and my being raised is that even though my dad wasn't really around as much when I was in high school, uh, I had lots of guys, lots of mentors and men who were willing to kind of step into that role. Mm. And, uh, you know, your dad being one of them uh, later on in high school, but my youth pastor was one of those guys. They were the, mm. the deacons of our church, uh, you know, would there were times we, we were dead broke, like just completely broke. My mom was a teacher working full time, uh, you know, as an entry level high school teacher making beans, you know, and, uh, I was trying to work as well to help provide, but there were times where we did, we wouldn't have groceries. We wouldn't know what we were going to do. And we'd come home and like the deacons of our church would have bought us a bunch of groceries and left them mm. on our doorstep. Thankfully, nothing perishable. Um, cause it's <laughs> Texas heat, Texas, but like they, that would be like a, a huge way that like the men in our lives would step in and sort of a fatherly type role mm -hmm. to make sure that we were being cared for and protected and provided for. And that left such a huge impression on me 
of the kind of man that I wanted to be, not just as a dad, but like as, as just a man in general, that I would, mm. uh, I would be willing to pour myself into younger men and, and, and be sort of that father role for them. I think that made such a huge impression on me. And mm -hmm. so like, if you're listening to this podcast or watching it on YouTube, yeah. uh, and that's you, man, I just want to say thank you. Like Charlie, Youth Pastor Charlie, if you're listening to this, thank you. You know, Tom, if you're listening to this, thank you. Jim, if you're watching this from heaven, thank you. Mm, Darren, if you know, Jim. all these guys, like they just, they just said, you know what? I'm going to pour into this guy and I'm going to take, I don't know if they would have ever said I'm taking on a fatherly role, right. but to me, looking at them in that way, it did shape me in ways that I could never uh, yeah. even quantify. Yeah, you know. it's absolutely true. There's you, something to be said about mentorship because it is, um, in a lot of ways, it, it can be the only father type role that yeah. a child receives, you know. And so um, I know for you that made a world of difference. Yeah. Like these men are just incredible and they, they have poured into you in so yeah. many ways. So yeah. I'm so grateful for the men that see a need or they see someone that they can pour into and they step yeah. up and they do that because... It's life changing. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Father's Day's here mm -hmm. or, or we're just passed. I think it's probably kind of fitting it this time of year because it can be so difficult for so many. I, th I thought we could kind of go two, two routes here. Like route number one, how do you honor your dad? Mm -hmm. um, you know, with the world of social media on Father's Day, like everyone's going to write a post about their dad and they're going to, you know, and you're going to see that. And that might be painful, but I wonder if there's a way to sort of redeem that uh, or even just intentionally use that to honor your dad. And in doing so, to kind of find healing in your own heart. Um, so that's, you know, kind of one way I, I think we could go with this. Um, and and so for me, I, I know like that was a place that I was at, um, a while back was like, okay, I, I really want to honor my dad, uh, on father's day. And it was actually such a fun, um, experiment and, and like activity to do, um, to just write out all the ways that I'm like my dad. Yeah. And to write out all the things that I love about my dad mm -hmm. and to write out all the great experiences that I had with my dad. Mm -hmm. And like, you may be listening to this and man, I feel like you have a lot of that and that's okay. Like it's okay. But, but the, I think it's just the exercise of trying mm -hmm. that's so helpful and so healing. And then, and then maybe you're not in that place and you don't, and you don't have the ability to do that. Mm -hmm. Is there a, a man in your life who sort of stepped into that role that you can do that for? You know, yeah. my dad wasn't in the picture or I don't, you know, I don't know my dad or, you know, but there's this guy, maybe it's your stepdad, maybe it's your grandpa, maybe it's your uncle, maybe it's your youth leader, maybe it's your pastor, maybe it's a teacher, maybe it's a coach or, mm. I mean, there's, there's a variety of people that I would hope you could sort of take inventory and stock in your life and, and just begin to sort of build gratitude into your rhythm uh, for that person and then maybe just take some time to write it down there's something know? really powerful about that. there's something powerful about that and there's yeah. something healing about that and something even um freeing mm. about that like 
what can happen so often, it happened to me for sure, is that we can sort of spiral into this victim thing where we're like, oh, there was no good. And we sort of rewrite history and remember things differently. And, uh, and yet, like that doesn't really bring a lot of joy or life or freedom to have that mentality or that approach. So to take that and then like very actively fight against that and say, no, these were the great things. And remember that that's not washing over the hard stuff. That's right. not like trying to like move on or forget or rewrite history or anything like that. It's just saying if even just for one day I could think about things that truly did impact me in a positive way and that I can be grateful for, I feel like that, that can be so redeeming. It's, you know? It is really interesting how they can both coexist. You can yeah. have joy and you can have grief. Exactly. You, know? you could be working through difficult things and still so appreciative of the good things. Yeah. Um, whether that's in your own life or in a relationship. Um, yeah. I think that being able to recognize that and hold both of those yeah. um, is really important. It's a tension for sure. Yeah. You know, it is a tension, but like life is tension, you know, mm -hmm. and I think it's, it's a good, it's a good thing to practice that. You know, yeah. to practice that tension and to hold it um, in humility and gratitude as yeah. much as you can. You, you see know? that in pretty much every area of life. There's yeah. really no area that isn't going to be touched by brokenness. Yeah. But also that there's probably some sort of thing in that that you can find gratitude for. Right. Yeah. And so it's not like a toxic positivity like, oh, no, everything is great. There's nothing bad. Right. I think being able to fully recognize and wrestle with both. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other route is like, I think a lot of people try to think what's something I can give my dad for Father's Day. Uh, what you know, what's something I can do to show him I love him. What's some way I can tell him I'm proud of him. So, you know, those kinds of things. And like, that's that's kind of tough. Like, because each dad is so different. You don't want to like stereotype your dad and be like, well, let's get him a tool set. You know? I was literally thinking, or whatever. Set, yeah. You know, because like for me, that wouldn't be it. Like, so I would say this is the question we get a lot. Like what, what can I give my dad? What does your dad love? And if you, and if you don't know the answer to that question, the gift to your dad is to sit down with him and just get to know him, you know, like, cause a lot of times that, that you, you live with someone so long, you don't really know who they are anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's true of our parents as well. Like we can, like I could be married to you for 19 years and not have any clue what to buy you for Christmas. Yeah. But if I just listen to you and I just ask you questions and I yeah. just try to get to know you on a daily basis, that becomes a lot easier, right? And it's yeah. the same with our parents. So like my kids would know, well, dad's not going to care so much if I get him like, a, you know, a, a tool set. <laughs> but he would love if I asked him to have a daddy-daughter date with me to go watch, you know, well, Thor, maybe, Love yeah. and Thunder <laughs> or whatever. Like I would totally be like, that's my love language. And my kids know that, you know, or ma massage coupons or massage coupons. <laughs> I'll walk coupons. on your back yeah. or leather. Like <laughs> Amanda bought me like, like this leather cup holder, like thing. That's just like the most amazing thing. Like I love leather. So like mm -hmm. you're, that was like one of the most thoughtful, amazing gifts that I've ever received was that like, what are those things that just, what, the reason I loved that so much is because I knew you were listening to me. Mm -hmm. You knew, you know, he likes yeah. leather. He likes coffee. I'm going to mm -hmm. get him this cup holder that's leather and it's rad, you know, kind goes of goes back to the whole being present and being yeah. intentional with your relationships. Yeah. Uh, it, I think more than anything, it's not really what you 
do. Yeah. It's about letting that person know that you care yeah. in a very intentional way. Yeah. And so everyone has their different ways that they give and receive love. Yeah. But I think that when you are making it known that you care and yeah. you, you're there and you're listening, yeah. that's what really matters. Yeah. And then I would say, depending on where you are in life, a phone call <laughs> rather than a text, rather than a Facebook you know, message or a Facebook wall post or an Instagram, whatever, call your dad, like call him on the phone. I don't care if you don't like talking on the phone. I don't care if he doesn't like talking on the phone. Better yet, FaceTime him. I was going to say FaceTime you know? is a thing now. <laughs> if you have children, really FaceTime him and make sure all your kids are saying happy Father's Day, you know, or, you know, happy Grandpa's Day, whatever. Like, <laughs> We do. And my kids on Father's Day, they call my my dad, Pappy. We call Papa. If we're not hanging out with one of them, uh, we'll call him. We'll FaceTime him and we'll just spend time talking, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's such a huge gift. Like I love when my kids call me and want to talk to me. I love when my kids text me and want to just tell me things. Like mm -hmm. Reese a couple of weeks ago, just out of nowhere, my oldest daughter texted and said, I love you, Dad. That's all I wanted to say. Like, oh, <laughs> I was like, it's gonna make me cry. This is like everything like I want so much to like for I want I want my children to know that I adore them and I and mm -hmm. I want them to I want to know that they adore me as well. And part of that is just telling them, you know, don't forget your dad on Father's Day. Yeah. Um that's a know. really good point too, is like just the way that you as a parent pour into your kid and teach them and train them. That's something that um I think is really important and something that we've yeah. tried to do, you know, each year I tell the kids, like, I want you to either sit down and like write a note or a letter, something thoughtful, like spend some time thinking about how much you love your dad and the, the ways that you love him, the ways yeah. that you've connected with him. Um, and so a lot of years they'll either have written a letter it's to Stephen so or maybe sometimes we'll make a video um, and let the, each of the kids kind of share and talk to the camera and just be yeah. like, hey, dad, just wanted to tell you, you know. <laughs> and I think that those are some of the some of the things that will carry on through the years. Is and just I'm more sentimental like I very in touch with my emotional feminine side or whatever and that like speaks to me so much but I think across the board words of affirmation words yeah. of affirmation are so key yeah. for every man and every woman it's the, the longing of our hearts is to be told I'm proud of you I'm proud of you dad coming from my kid like that means a lot to me whenever my kids yeah. say that you know mm -hmm. so those are some easy just easy little father's day snippets yep for you guys, I know it can be a complicated holiday, um, mm -hmm. but uh, I, I think also that it can be a very healing holiday at the same time. So whether you're listening to this after Father's Day and you're looking in retrospect or you're saying, oh, shoot, I forgot to call my dad on Father's Day. It's never too late. Like it's never too late to call your dad, even it's if true. even if it's June 22nd, you know, and Father's Day was a few days ago or whatever, like you can still call your dad. And talk to him. Like, that's the beauty of it. It's like, this is yeah, a holiday. These are just like landmarks to like remind you to do things, you know? Yeah. So I love that. I love it too. 
Well, we do a weekly segment uh, on our podcast, uh, the What's Up Beautiful segment, where each week we talk about something that some beautiful person has done that is beautiful. And uh, this week, yeah. uh, we're going to be talking about a mom named Eden Kim, who shared a touching video on TikTok thanking her husband for ensuring she gets eight hours of sleep a night. What a guy. That Even if that amazing. means he only gets four. Talk about a good dad right there. That's yes. called taking one for the team. Seriously, no. <laughs> he told her, there are many burdens you cannot ca- you carry that I cannot. Mm. The burdens of pregnancy, the burdens of childbirth, breastfeeding, lack of sleep is the only burden I can take from you. So why wouldn't I? So we're going to include that in the show notes for you guys to take a look at that. But that's a huge that's deal. That's an so awesome. Story. I think every woman out there can appreciate that. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, Jonathan Kim, for being an example to all of us. And uh, <laughs> we're going to watch that. But uh, we love you guys. And so thank you so, so much yep. for watching our podcast. Uh, if you've not already subscribed, make sure you subscribe, whether you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Spotify or Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, or if you're watching us on the Family Made channel on YouTube, make sure you yep. hit that subscribe button as well. You, as always, you can follow us on Instagram. Uh, we're on all the places at the Miller Fam, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Except Twitter's the Miller Fam too because we couldn't get the Miller <laughs> Fam. Maybe if you know anybody at Twitter who can get us the real one, oh uh, that would be great. Uh, but we love to keep up with you guys, so make sure you do that. And yep. until next time, we will see you later. Bye, guys. Bye.